Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic, what makes the best leaders so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I'm John Laredo, your host today and every day. So I was watching tennis today, and I was at the gym, and when I'm on my elliptical in the morning, uh, I tend to watch TV, and I don't have any sound on. I'm just watching the TV, and I'll tell you the reason why, because uh, my daughter is a thief, and I love her to death, but you cannot leave any electronic device around her, otherwise it will get swiped, including any kind of charger. If there's a charger in, in her vicinity, it doesn't matter if she's got five or 10 of them in her possession, she will take my charger and it will disappear. I bought countless chargers. Um, and now my AirPods, my EarPods, whatever you call them, have been uh, swiped. So. Anyways, uh, I did get them back, but they were broken. Long story short, I don't have any way to listen to the sound. But I watch the TV, and I'm watching this tennis match, which I just watch every single morning when I'm on this elliptical. And it's the German Open, uh, and it is uh, Danielle Collins versus Christina Kosova. And Danielle Collins is fourth ranked, I think, in the world. Uh, or, or at least on this tour. So she is favored to win. I don't think Christina is even ranked at all. Uh, so Danielle is very much favored to win. She's, uh, she's um, uh, an American tennis player. And they are in the final set. Now, in the first set, the underdog, Christina, blew her out of the water six games to one. In the second set, Danielle played as she should play and won six games to two. So now we're tied into the final set. It is critical, obviously, absolutely critical set for both of them. So uh, Danielle, again, the one favored to win, is uh, winning, I think, two games to one or so in this third and final set. And at some point, um, Christina is frustrated, whatnot, with one of the shots that she had. And basically after a miss, uh, so the ball is dead, just happens to fire the ball back over to Danielle, over to her side. So she's kind of stunned this ball, you know, after after the play, after the point, uh, comes launching right back at her, barely misses her. And uh, she's really bothered by this, understandably so. Like, okay, it's kind of this display of really bad sportsmanship. And, uh, you know, there's a little scuffle out there you know you can see her look over like you know what are you doing and uh you know there was a little altercation there again i couldn't hear the sound but all i could do was see this but i could tell you could see that danielle collins was visibly upset she was angry how dare her hit that ball at me are you kidding me what 
So uh, what was interesting is I've seen lots of professional athletes and they are so good. And this is no knock on Danielle at all, but they're so good at just kind of moving past stuff. And whether they had a bad play, good play, fumble, whatever it is, they just get it out of their memory and they move on. For some reason, Danielle did not let this go. You could see her face, facial expression change, her body language change. She was angry. And her play, her gameplay changed. Now in tennis, I'm not a great tennis player, but it's a game of finesse. And my guess is that adrenaline rush does not serve you, no pun intended, very well. Because when you get an adrenaline rush, you want to hit it harder, faster. And that's what you could see happening. She was swinging at the ball that much harder and just this oomph to it. And unfortunately, was missing like all of her shots. She actually lost nine points in a row. I watched her go from being on top to suddenly losing like two, almost three games. Bang, bang, bang. Nine points in a row. She lost. And then she finally regained her composure and played the way she does and the way she's capable. And she actually won. She won that set and she won that whole match. But what was amazing is how much of an impact that instance when Christina fired that ball over and Danielle was offended and all of a sudden her demeanor changed, her mentality changed, she was full of emotions, her physicality changed, she was playing more aggressively and now not playing as well. So there's all kinds of situations where emotions cause bad things and sometimes they cause good things. So my point today is not that emotions when it comes to performance, high-performance athletes or leaders, which we're going to talk about, is necessarily a bad thing, but there are certain times where it absolutely is. So in this case, this served her poorly. It hurt her performance significantly. Now, if she didn't snap out of it, she would have lost that match, but she did. She regained her composure. Um, Ultimately, what happens, I see leaders do this all the time. Their emotions get the best of them, and they make decisions or they take actions, or they respond to somebody in a way that's very emotional. Uh, and it's interesting. I saw an interaction between a leader and an, and, a, and an individual, and this individual in a group setting was kind of firing questions at this leader. And it was, you know, it was definitely uh, sharply, uh, you know, aimed questions. It was not a positive stream of questions. And this leader did an excellent job of staying unemotional. And the outcome of it was very positive. Everybody actually in the group felt positive about that interaction. And a big part of that was the credit to the leader for how he handled that. He didn't let himself get emotional, which I'm sitting there listening to it and I'm kind of getting you know, frustrated and angry just listening to this, this line of questioning. Um, but that's the key. Great leaders have the ability. It's almost like they're fighter pilots where they just keep their calm, they're cool, they're collected under the most sometimes intense situations because they know that that's how they're going to perform best. That's how they're going to respond best. It's how they're going to make the best decisions. That's how they're, they're going to ultimately lead most effectively. And just think for a minute. What, think about the worst decision you've made. Think about maybe recently, maybe it was a long time ago, maybe it was a financial decision, it was a business decision, it was a life decision, whatever it is. Think about the worst decision that you've made. And one thing I can almost guarantee is what was part of that decision was emotions in some 
way or form. Now, it doesn't even need to be negative emotions because we know or we can guess that if I'm depressed or sad or frustrated or anxious or angry and I make a decision, it's probably not going to be the best decision. But on the other side, if I have extreme positive emotions, it's the same way. If I'm overly confident, if I'm euphoric, if I'm idyllic, if I'm just looking at life, you know, overly optimistically, I can tend, I can uh, potentially make a bad decision. So one of the most critical things is being self-aware and understanding. And it starts sometimes just with questioning yourself and saying, okay, what emotions am I feeling right now? Being conscious of it. And actually you can write them down. Okay, here's how I'm feeling. And ask yourself, okay, if I didn't have these emotions, what decision would I be making? What action would I be taking? Very, very valuable exercise. We talked about this in a prior uh, episode, uh, which you can go back to, where we talked about the how, how to make great decisions, and this was one of the ways. But let's talk about other situations where emotions actually can help your leadership. Because one of the things that I found was, as a new leader, I felt like I could not express emotion. And the reason why is I felt like it made me seem more vulnerable or it made me seem weaker. It made me seem, I just felt like I had to put this persona on that was this emotionless, stoic, almost a robot. And that was how I led for the first probably year or two years. It wasn't me. I don't know who this guy was, but it was somebody who I felt like I needed to be. And it was amazing because... Ultimately, what I found is that that didn't work. It worked for a short period of time. But in terms of building long-term followers, people want, they don't want a robot. They don't want to identify to somebody who has no feelings or expresses emotion. As a leader, you have to. And it's actually okay for a leader sometimes to express a lot of emotion. You know, I think about, I think about another sports example. I think about the Masters tournament in golf, one of the most coveted tournaments and and victories a professional golfer could have one of the four um, uh, um, uh, major tournaments. And the Masters is one of the toughest and pretty much the pinnacle of all the professional golf tournaments. Well, you think about the different people that have won. This year, and credit to, uh, and I think I'm saying his name right, uh, Hideki Matsuyama, the first Japanese professional golfer to win the Masters tournament, to win in any majors tournament. Unbelievable. And he was phenomenal. He was like flawless. But what I will say is when he won the Masters, now this is like, this is the coveted, this is the ultimate of the ultimate of the ultimate championships you could possibly win. Professional golfers spend their whole life trying to win this and they never win it. And here this guy won it. At a young age, too, first from his country to win this. Yet if you watch it on TV, you know, I'm gonna ask Kevin and the team on the on the YouTube that that is we're doing here for this podcast. I'd love you to show the clip of this, okay? Hadiki Matsuyama, so you can see it for those of you who are watching this episode of his reaction when he won. And I gotta say, I was watching and I was just disappointed. I'm like, this guy is showing no emotion. There's no emotion. Come on, man. Let's see you jump up and down. Let's see you just put your hands in the air. Let's see you hug somebody. Let's see you run around the green. Let's see you throw the ball, whatever. So you throw your club up in the air, whatever. Just show some emotion so we can experience that with you. But instead, it was totally expressionless face. He was stoic. He was. It was as if he just sunk a putt in a miniature golf 
you know, sixth hole of miniature golf. I just, it didn't make any sense and I could not help but feel disappointed. You contrast that and that's not to take away from Hideki's phenomenal performance. Um, but you contrast that with Phil Mickelson winning the Masters in 2010. Unbelievably emotional. You look at Tiger Woods winning in 2019 after all of his injuries and this unbelievable comeback, uh, both personally and professionally. And he was just a mess emotionally and excited and tears. You look at another person, Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson is one of the most stoic, unemotional professional golfers. He's, he's liked, very well liked. But in 2020, when he won last year, he broke down in tears. And you know what? It was during that interview when he broke down in tears that his popularity went up even more. So my point is, as a leader, you actually draw people in when you're emotional. Okay, that's, that's not to say every single day walking around extreme emotions, but it's okay to show emotion. It's actually okay to show anger if you're angry at something. Excitement if you're excited about something. Proud if you're proud about something. Concerned. It's okay to show these emotions. People are not following you because you are an emotionless robot. They want somebody who is real and authentic. You've heard me talk about the importance of being authentic, and this is part of that. So if you're like me and you feel like, okay, that ideal uh, leader is someone who just, you know, is that fighter pilot that has no emotions ever and never shows it, well, that's not always the case. You need to show that you're a real person. It's okay to express those emotions, as long as you know how to manage them and as long as they don't lead you to make bad decisions or react in a bad way or ultimately take you off course to where you're trying to get to. That's the key thing. Uh, you know, again, Danielle Collins playing the German Open, let it happen for nine points. She was out of the running for nine points and something clicked and she got it back and she was back to her A player top top tier uh, performance, her normal self. And that's the difference. So how well you have control over your emotions is the key. It's not that you don't have them or you don't let them show. It's how you control your emotions and what you do about them. So uh, I hope that helped. Hope that's uh, enlightening to you. Again, as always, I love your ideas and thoughts on future topics uh, or future guests. I got tons of other stuff coming up. Stay tuned. Please make sure, as always, you share, subscribe, give a thumbs up, go down below, give a five-star review, and we will see you next time. Thanks. Take care. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P.com. Thanks. Lead on.